Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. From the ragged heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. Hi, baby. How you doing? I'm dead tired. How are you? I hear you. You've been up to a lot lately. I have been, yes. Podcasting and nannying and trying to run a business. And talking to a few people. Talking to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a couple interviews this week. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here today, right? Yep. This week's episode takes us to the Redford Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Um, basically, I'm going to give a brief history of the Redford Theater as written on their website to get started. I figured I couldn't really do it any justice, so mm-hmm. it's probably just best to go and, and use what's already been told. So you've been to the Redford Theater before, haven't you? Mm-mm. You've never been? Never been. Oh, shoot. Okay. I thought, I guess I thought that you had been. I've only been there once. Interesting. All right. So the Redford Theater opened on January 27th in 1928 as a neighborhood movie house. It was billed at the time as America's most unique suburban playhouse. Mm-hmm. And it's been in operation ever since its opening. So silent films were still being produced at the time. Plans for the theater were being made. So a Barton organ was installed as the theater was being built. As the theater continued in operation, the pipe organ was used less and less frequently until the Motor City Theater Organ Society became interested in the theater. Basically, there were a lot of other pipe organs um, being used in other theaters, but they had all been removed. And the Redfords had been one of the few that still remained intact. Mm -hmm. So the Organ Society entered into an agreement with the theater owners to voluntarily refurbish the organ and use it in present shows. The organ shows were successful, but audiences dwindled when smaller theaters began opening and then the theater was no longer profitable. The owners of the Redford Theater offered to sell the theater to the Organ Society, and after a land contract was was fulfilled... The Motor City Theater Organ Society became full owners, and the rest, as they say, is history. There's a concert that's going to be coming up at the Redford Theater on November 19th. I've already got my tickets. Um, And so when we were looking for topics to cover, I thought we could do an episode about the theater while also highlighting 
this really, really cool event. I was lucky enough to sit down and talk to Steve Overstreet, who is the VIP of the Redford Theater, as well as two of the performers in the concert, Dan Jarricks from Sirius Moonlight, a David Bowie tribute band, and the sexy sax man himself. Oh, yeah. Tim Capello. Yeah. It was definitely the highlight of my week. I really, really enjoyed doing the interviews. It was a lot of fun. And I really hope that everybody listening gets a kick out of it as much as I did. And I hope that people visit the theater, whether you're able to go on November 19th or not. Um, And we will have more information about the show on the 19th um, in the show notes so you can purchase tickets. But even if you can't make it to that show... Um, I, I absolutely recommend that you get out there for a a different show at the Redford theater. They do a lot of live productions. They do, um, movies on the, you know, on the screen. Um, and the organ is still in use today. So it's, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole experience. So without further ado, let's go to the interviews. Here's the interviews. Steve, welcome. You are, what is your title at the Redford theater? Well, I have a few, but primarily I'm the vice president. And I am the special events coordinator. So okay. I do all the bookings for, for, for special events. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So how long have you been there? Uh, going on 14 years. Oh, wow. So quite a while. Yeah, the story, quick story. Um, sure. The reason that my wife and I got involved uh, was because our daughter, our older daughter, found a venue for our younger daughter to get married in. And it was at the Redford. And so she did get married there. I think she was the third person in its history to get married there that we know of. And uh, we got involved and I've been hooked ever since. That's really cool. That's awesome. So the Redford Theater opened in 1928. January, right. You haven't been there that long, clearly. There's probably, (laughs) (laughs) 1928 was quite a while ago. Um, Are there any other employees or volunteers that are still around from the really early days? We, yeah, we've had most of them have passed away, but we do have, I think we have two, we have three people, I think, that come to mind that are still active. One's been there since it was founded. The other one shortly after it was founded, and uh, he's pretty young. He's only 65. Oh, we have a, we have an organist who started when he was 15. Wow. He's in his mid-50s. So we've had a few people that have been involved since its inception. That's uh, great. But not since 1928. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you brought up the organist. Now, is the organ then, is that the original organ? It is. It's the original organ, 1928. Uh, it was built custom for the Redford. Wow. Uh, it was moved in in 27 and uh, all set up. And then for the premier opening concert was uh, January of 20, of. 1928. Wow. That organ is maintained by our projectionist who has been there probably about 40 years as well. He takes, he, he does all the projection and he also maintains the organ, even though I don't think he actually plays the organ. Okay. He, he keeps it running and uh, in, in good shape. And we use that organ for everything. I mean, for just about every event, even Bob Lowe, we, uh, the free press asked if we could have the organ for that night because it's historic. The movie was historic. The The documentary was historic. So yeah, we use it for all the movies. As long as we can get an organist, and it's been a little more difficult with the pandemic because some of them are, are not returned. Yeah. But we try to use it 
almost all the time. That's so cool. I understand. Um, of course, I have a, a prior engagement already for the weekend, but I understand you guys are doing um, Nosferatu this weekend yeah. with the organ. Yeah, live organ. Yeah, oh. it's going to be great. I am so bummed I'm missing out on that because that yeah. sounds really, really cool. And we're doing The Shining Friday night. So that's oh, going to be fun it. too. Everybody that's- likes that one too. That's awesome. So what do you think a typical Friday night would have looked like back in the day? And how does that compare to a, a regular Friday night now? Okay, that's a, that's a really good question, because people wouldn't really understand or believe that there's very little difference between then and now. Oh, part of the reason is that we still use the original organ. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, the building has been restored as much like the building was in 1928 as, as is possible. Um, we have a more open outer lobby than they, they used to have all kinds of ropes and stuff. We took all that out. But the, the event would be uh, the doors open at seven from seven to eight. Um, well, from seven to seven thirty, we usually have a pianist in the inner lobby playing the grand piano. Uh, at seven thirty, we have the organist that starts live uh, and they play until eight o'clock. Uh, at that time, the, um, the national anthem is played on the organ, and we have the original uh, longest hanging flag in the state of Michigan on the stage that we lower. It covers the entire stage. Oh, wow. We sing the national anthem um, before every, every movie. In the lobby, we have an information table, and we have a 50-50, which they had, I understand, way back then, too. So we have the 50-50. We do an introduction on the stage by an MC introducing the movie with the stage curtains closed. When they're done and they say, okay, now we're going to watch The Shining and everybody claps and then the MC walks off and then the projectionist starts and the curtain automatically opens when the movie starts showing. And then halfway through, we have an intermission, which they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always had an intermission. People take a potty breaker, buy a 50-50 ticket or concessions. They didn't have concessions back then, but we do have concessions now. Um, And that's pretty much the way it was at the original, you know, in the original days. Um, It hasn't changed a whole lot. We try to replicate a movie event, not just going to see a movie. I mean, it's an experience, which is really what sets us apart from uh, box theater. Yeah. You sit down, you see a movie, you see a lot of commercials. We don't use commercials. We don't have commercials. And uh, then it uh, people just relax and eat concessions and have a good time. That's awesome. So it sounds like then there's not a lot of, I mean... You know, we we're in this day and age where streaming movies is the thing to do. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, movie theaters being closed or losing money and stuff like that. Now, has it been have you guys noticed a huge transition with with streaming movies or are you guys have you guys just because you've been around for so long, it just kind of adapted the way that it did? We, yeah, we've been around, well, the theater actually has never been closed since it opened in 28, which is an amazing event. And we're one of the very few remaining movie, well, actually, I think we are the most single, we are the single movie palace that's still operating in Detroit. Uh, Some have been converted, like the Michigan Opera Theater used to be a movie palace. But they don't show movies. The Fox used to sell movies. They're a performing arts center. We are uh, a movie palace and a performing arts center, both. We do a lot of live shows. So going back, I got sidetracked. What was the question? <laughs> Just how the how the theater has adapted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we have we have seen a decrease in actual attendance. 
But what we are seeing is that now that people are getting used to us being open and people are getting vaccinated and the younger people are now getting vaccinated and now it's opening up, you know, I just had my, my booster shot. People are becoming more and more comfortable coming into the theater. So we're seeing our numbers increase. We just had, uh, we had a, a sci-fi kind of a horror thing Saturday night where we had a double header and uh, the tingler, it was a Vincent Price we had the Tingler and uh, House on Haunted Hill, Ooh. and we had over 300. So that, wow. for one show, that that was uh, an indication that people are coming back. We have had as low as 100, but still, we've been in we've been in the other big theaters where there've been like four or five. Mm-hmm. So you know, having 300 has been really great. I think part of the the comeback is because they see us for having big events like the Free Press Film Festival and having a sellout. We had uh, the masquerade uh, party with the Goblin King players mm-hmm. uh, two months ago, and we had fourteen over fourteen hundred for that. So yeah, we're seeing people want to come to special events. They come. That's great. And because of that, they're also coming back, and because we're able to advertise again. You know, we we went through the whole summer with no advertising. Right. So now we have brochures and we have mailers and. We have a following of about 14,000. So we mailed out the schedule until the end of December. And then we do have Facebook. We post on that. So people are becoming aware. They're seeing what our schedules are. They're picking them up in the theater. And I think my projection is that we will see increased numbers from now until the end of the year because people really love all that. And we have the trains coming back. Uh, They're building them now. We haven't had them in two years. The trains, people come from as far away as Ohio and Canada in order to see the trains every year. And if you haven't ever been there, we do have it on the YouTube, but it's seven trains, two stories, probably 200 buildings. It's all lit and it's the most amazing thing. It was even filmed in a Chevy commercial three years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. They came in and spent hours filming it. So people come and see it. It's it's an amazing, amazing thing. Part of the part of the, the theater's uh, ambiance, I think, at, at the holiday time. Yeah, that's awesome. So how many people can fit? What's the capacity at the theater? Right now it's 800, but normally it's 1600. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's plenty of, plenty of room for social distancing if you know, you want to, but we don't, we don't have, we don't have police uh, walking around enforcing that. Sure. We leave it and we are masked. Uh, We have hand sanitizing machines all over the place. Okay. Uh, We wipe down with uh, sterilized, sterilized uh, wipes, all the touching areas. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a, a temperature gauge for all the staff. Currently, I think just, I don't know of any staff that we have working that's not vaccinated. Oh, good, good. So, okay. yeah, we, we are taking every, we have the shields, we have all the protections that we put out. People have commented on Facebook that they feel quite comfortable with the procedures that we put into place. Right, good, good. So, um, Steve, what has been your most memorable experience working uh, at the Redford Theater? Yeah, 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 I saw that on the, I saw that on your questions then I started thinking oh my gosh well (laughs) I have to give you two okay all right I'll try to keep them short because I don't know how much time you actually have (laughs) but the first one would be our youngest daughter's wedding Mm -hmm. um, which was almost 14 years ago and that was absolutely incredible because we really weren't involved with the Redford and it was uh just an amazingly beautiful she had 
uh, it was either 14 or 16 attendants. It was a huge wedding and it was beautifully backlit. And I mean, it was just, the theater is stunning for weddings. And we usually do. I've already booked one for next year. Oh, great. And another one in 2023 because you can't get the dates. Next year's <laughs> schedule is almost completely full already. Wow. So anyway, the second most uh, memorable one, oh, there's so many, but my wife and I, were on stage, backstage with Shirley Jones. She was there for um, a movie weekend. And uh, we were backstage with her waiting to introduce her uh, on a Sunday afternoon. My boss was there from Common Ground. He was the this, this director. He was the president of Common Ground, where I worked for 35 years. And I introduced him first. But backstage, Shirley was between my wife and I, my wife, Judy. She was between us. She put her arms around both of us and kind of squeezed us together. And she looked and she said, you know what? I said, what? She says, I am so tired of smiling. Oh, <laughs> because this is this is the third day. And she says, I've never spent so many hours smiling. And, you know, your face starts to crack after yeah. a while, doesn't it? Yeah, it hurts. After hours, it hurts. <laughs> So, but, but then the other part of that was we brought her out. Uh, I introduced my boss. He was uh, the person who drew the 50-50 ticket for our winning 50-50 raffle and introduced him. And I knew the story. And I said, you know, this is Tony Rothschild. And surely he was in the band in the movie West Side Story. I mean, uh, what was the name of the movie? No, it wasn't West Side Story. We just did that with... Uh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> he was in the, he was in the band. It was the big band. What's the movie with the big band? Music man. Oh, okay. Music man. And uh, she, she looked over at him and she walked across the stage quickly and gave him the biggest hug. And he told me as we were leaving that that was the high, one of the highlights of his life. Aww. Because he's in, he was in his sixties at the time. No, but the other kicker of that was my wife and I were on stage with Shirley Jones and we were celebrating our 34th wedding anniversary that very day. Oh. So it, it was a memory to always remember. I mean, yeah. it was so special. And she was such a star. And she was so sweet. And we just loved her to death. So there you oh, have I two. love that. Um, so now I understand that you have um, members of the Redford Theater. Um, and I'm never going to remember... I know it's the Motor City Theater Organ Society. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's I a know. mouthful. We say Mectos, Mectos for short. Okay. Um, so how does one become a member of, of that um of that organization? Group? Yeah, yes. we're we're always open for membership. Anybody can can join. And membership applications are available on our website, redfordtheater.com. And we have them in the in the building as well. So people take them. And then on there, they can choose uh, various places that they would like to be involved. We have about 20 different opportunities listed and they can check, you know, the top three. Okay. And uh, they just turn it in. It's $25 a year for that membership. They normally, in normal times, they get an annual banquet at the theater. Uh, we get a, um, what we call the blower, which is a, um, a monthly newsletter that's usually about 12 type pages. Uh, it's mailed to them and it highlights all the activities of the theater over the last month and what we're looking forward to having. And then they get discount tickets if they want to get discounts to come in unless they're working. If they're working, of course, they get in for free and they get free pop and popcorn. 
So, I mean, there are, you know, you probably get, well, it definitely you get more than $25 just having the dinner. Yeah. <laughs> we spend a lot of money on our banquet. It's a very nice <laughs> banquet. So that, and then the, the, the monthly newsletter and discount tickets and the opportunity to work with wonderful, amazing people. That's so cool. I've, I've admittedly, I've only been to the theater once. Um, How long ago? How long ago? Well, it was actually for the Hocus Pocus Shadow Cast. Oh, oh, well, that was a big one. It yes, <laughs> it was a huge my, one. It was, and I took my little boy for his birthday, and we were so excited that we got our tickets for the Lost Boys, and then shortly oh. after that, everything closed down. Yeah. So that was the only time that we've we've been able to make it. Um, like I said, I will be there for the November nineteenth show. Yeah, good. Um, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Hocus Pocus was unbelievable. That was our first experience with not only a sellout for three days, but we added a four show on Sunday and it sold out. Yes. So we had over 6,000 people that weekend and it, it shocked, it shocked Christina and Dan and all the Goblin players and it shocked all of us. And we had just never experienced anything quite like that. I yeah. Mean, that just gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah it, yeah. it really was. It was amazing. It was it was such a a well done show and yeah. the theater is absolutely gorgeous. You know, all the the employees and volunteers were were very helpful and so nice and it was a yeah. really really good experience. So I'm oh, excited to to get back in there. That's yeah. that's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. We yeah. also have a Facebook website and uh, we have watch parties on Thursday nights. So you, oh. if people can't come to the theater, they can tune in and have a free movie and they can make donations if they want, but they don't. Oh, have wow. To. Cool. And those are done on Thursday nights. Um, and we have a huge Facebook following. Huge. Yeah. Uh, up to 50,000. Wow. Depending on what we have going. So that's a great form of advertising. Great. Form yeah. Of advertising. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. So I know that you are, um, you've got a meeting that you need to get to this evening. So to, to wrap it up, um, I do just want to, you know, we talked a little bit about you guys, you know, people are masked and, and using hand sanitizer and things like that. But um, are there any other special COVID protocols that you guys are, are doing that listeners should be aware of before showing up at the theater? Yeah, the most important is that we require everybody, regardless of vaccination status, to be masked. Okay. Um, with the exception of when they're having a snack. Okay. But when the snack is over, we want them to be masked again. And they generally are very, very cooperative. There's always one or two that I don't believe in masks. Well, you know, sure. if you see them at the door, they can't come in. It's that right. Thing. And we do hand out masks for people who don't. Them. Okay. Um, but when George Dukaris, the Oscar winner, was there this past weekend for West Side Story or two weeks ago, I didn't see anybody that was not cooperating because, I mean, we he's 89 and we wanted to protect him and us and everybody. You know, I mean, it's really important to take it seriously because that's the one thing that can assure our safety is being masked. Right, so, right. So and cool. yeah, we don't we don't need the theater to be closed up for another year. No, we don't. No, nobody, <laughs> want, nobody wants that kind of stuff. No, no, absolutely not. So the, 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 the biggest reason why we did this show um, while we're talking today is because um, November 19th is the uh, Sirius Moonlight concert with right. Tim Capello. Right. So that's what we so want. Excited. I know. So excited That's to have him and, 
and the band there too, of course. Yes. Yes. I, I love Dan and Christina both. I, I, you know, I'm excited to see them again. Um, but the added bonus of, of Tim Capello, the sax man is. Yeah. The sax man. Yeah. Not a, not a bad boys. He's pretty well known and he's played with some big stars, you know? Yeah. He played with David Bowie or forehead David Bowie. So at the time, so yeah, he's going to be, hopefully he'll be sexy. (laughs) (laughs) We're all expecting it. (laughs) I I'm sure he, I'm sure he won't let us down. So that show is on November 19th at what time does it start? Eight o'clock, I believe. Okay. I always, you know, we're doing so many things and some are eight o'clock, some are seven o'clock, but I think it's, I think it's eight o'clock. Okay. Okay. Now, um, to purchase tickets, are, are tickets still available? Yes. Okay. And they so can get them on our website. Redfordtheater.com. Yep. And it's general seating. So first come first serve, they can get the best seats down front. Perfect. Awesome. I'm so excited for the show. And I, I thank you so much for, for doing this meeting. I know last week we were trying to get together and it just didn't work out. So yep. I appreciate your time tonight, but my pleasure. Always glad to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, will you be at the show then? On, on... I will. Oh, yes. Perfect. Then I will be sure to find you. I will meet you then. Sounds good. And thank I you will... so much for having me. Thank you so much, Steve. I hope you have a great rest of your evening. We'll talk soon. Okay, thanks. All Bye-bye. right. Bye-bye. So since it's primarily about Michigan and travel, um, I want to know from both of you, what what have been some of your experiences been like performing in Michigan? What have been your favorite experiences? Uh, well, the Redford's one of my favorite theaters to work in because it's huge and it's gorgeous and it's a uh, piece of history. Tim, I don't know if you know, um, the Redford Theater has a theater organ in it. So when they do plays or when they do uh, performances and movies and things, they'll have an organist play pre-show and then they'll do an intermission. They'll play again. Well, oh. theater was all but defunct uh, a few decades ago. And the Detroit Organ Society wanted to save the instrument, but it was cheaper because of the mechanics and the pipes and everything. It was cheaper to restore the theater. So we owe it to the really? fact that this, yeah, we owe it to the fact that they have this beautiful instrument in there that the theater is operational. So it's, it's just a really, really cool place. Um, it's, they primarily do movies, but they have a full stage and can do musicals and plays and stuff. Obviously, we're doing a concert, which is going to be uh, a lot of fun. It's just a great place to play. Uh, but I've also played a few few places in Detroit and uh, um, around the state, depending on the the uh, the project. You know, I do a lot of like acoustic shows, so that's going to be smaller bars and things. But I also work with a, a Beatles cover band called Toppermost, and we do parks, bars corporate gigs, you know, the gambit. We do a lot of like wineries and breweries and stuff, which is really Oh, cool. I see. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot of fun. Timmy, how much have you done Michigan? Well, I've done, obviously, I've been to Detroit a million times with a bunch of different people. Uh, Peter Gabriel, Tina, Ringo, geez. Uh, just about everybody that I've ever played with, we've played everything from when Tina was interesting. When I first joined Tina's band, she was sort of just before she really hit. So we were actually playing pretty small clubs. Wow. Which was very interesting. And then came back nine months later and played the biggest 
the biggest, uh, you know, like uh, Madison Square Garden type of place, a big sports arena. Like Joe so was like a crazy thing from from just a few months where she only sold like maybe a thousand seats to like be 35 or 40,000 seats. That must have felt amazing to, to be a part of that. So it went so fast. You know, it freaked everybody out. <laughs> but right. Tina, Tina just knew it was going to happen. She said, this is exactly what I had planned. And why are you guys shocked? <laughs> That's amazing. Didn't so, even flinch. That's awesome. So what, how did you get started um, in music? My uh, father was a um, trumpet player and a conductor, and he had a music school when I was a boy. Oh, wow. So we would go after school and we would, you know, beat on the drums and bang on the pianos and try to figure out a little bit about music as best as we could. And if we seemed like there was something that we enjoyed, my father would give us a little a teacher and would then say, oh, why don't you try this for a while? Why don't you try this for a while? You know, my two first instruments, which sounds like a strange combination, were drums and cello. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm maybe about four years old, both of them. Wow. Nice. Wow. Yes. That's and like... <laughs> it took me a while to figure out. It took me through, you know, piano and the cello and the drums. It took me through quite a few different instruments before I said, I settled on the saxophone and said, oh, no, this is what I want. So how long have you been playing? Much. How long have you been playing the saxophone then? Okay, <laughs> 42 years. Oh my gosh. 42 years. Wow. I started when I was 14, which was relatively late that it took me to find the instrument that I could really latch on to. So I was already 14, 66, uh, 66 now. So that's, four, is that, am I right? Is that 42 years? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yes. Wow. Now, now, what about you, Dan? Because I know you've been you've been playing and, and performing for quite a while, too. How did you get started? Uh, my uh, my oldest brother was my influence. He played guitar totally by ear. Very um, what we call bottleneck style, which is kind of folk instrumental, Leo Kotke, um, those those kind of guys. Um, and he was wow. just phenomenal chops. Doesn't read a note of music. And that was inspirational. And then I got involved in. Um, school band got my hand-me-down coronet you know and played in the band played through high school I could improvise a little bit but I never had any lips so I was never going to be a solid trumpet player and uh, my parents would never spring for private lessons I got into college and started uh, taking up the drums and that was where I just excelled so that became my main bag right away now when you're oh. a music major you have to do your keyboards you have to know your chords and stuff and I was learning guitar from my brother. So that kind of rounded me out. So I knew I knew harmony. I could read music pretty well. So fast forward to, you know, I played jazz bands, played in, you know, uh, acoustic gigs and played in rock bands and stuff. Fast forward to two years ago, my wife and I are on a trip and we're just talking about new avenues to explore. And she comes up with this David Bowie tribute idea. It was totally her idea. And it just took off from there. 
except that COVID obviously shot us in the butt. Um, so in the, in the David Bowie band, I do acoustic guitar and keys. I have a kick-ass lead guitar player who is a child. <laughs> and I mean that <laughs> the best way. He's just, I'm his first big band that he's worked with, you know? And um, he's just doing just, just great stuff. Really funky bass player and drummer and uh, really excited to, you know, we're, we're finally getting things off the ground, so. Yeah. So I, I have to say my birthday was uh, my birthday is on the 4th of July and mm-hmm. you did a show and now I can't remember where it was, but it was just you and it was out. It was outdoors. Where was this place? Oh, yeah, that was down in um, Lake Orion, I think. Yes. Yes. It was Lake yeah. Orion. You didn't have your band with you. It was just you. Uh, and it was so impressive. It was one of my best birthdays, truly. Because it was just, I mean, the bugs were, the bugs were a bit much. They got bad. at the, They were really bad. <laughs> but it well, was so, it was so enjoyable. I mean, even, you know, you were, you were extremely talented. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was, it really Thank was. So much. Timmy, I got to tell you, that was, that was kind of a scary gig. It's one of those concert in the park deals, right? Yeah. Really yes. Theater, killer sound system and everything. They, they just did a great job. Uh, had a laser show going. Uh, wow. Really well, when they were booking it, the guy wanted to, he wanted my band. And I said, the guys just aren't available. I, you know, I could do a solo show, but he's like, all right, fine. I'm going to book you. I'm just going to do like small acts before. Cause you don't want to like do a band and then a band and then solo. That's going to be weird. Sure. Well, the city got, the city of Lake Orion got on his ass and said, we need bands. It's the 4th of July. We got to fatten it up. So when I get there, the band before me is a four piece rock band. They're just thrashing. And the audience is having a great time. And I'm like, I got to go out there with my guitar. And make- <laughs> it was a lot of pressure, but the crowd was with me. They, they had a good and time. And you killed it. He did. He really <laughs> did. Tim, he did. And his costume and, you know, the costumes, I should say, there was a couple. And the makeup, um, I believe Christina did your makeup. Yep. yep. Yeah. She's my, my makeup artist. Oh, and so can I ask a question, Dan? Yeah. Was it a was it Bowie stuff that you were doing that night? Yeah, it was. I call it serious moonlight unplugged. I get it, sure. And oh, it's it it kind of cool. I have my keyboard, but the guy running the show has this grand piano shell that my keyboard sits in. Sure. So it looks like I'm sitting at a piano. I love but I can, that. But I can still like change the the stops and stuff, and you know, do different. Absolutely, stuff. and it's always in tune. Yeah, exactly. Uh, weather doesn't affect it. Yeah, it was it was really great. It was it was enjoyable. So um, so yeah, I was I was just thrilled thrilled to see you perform like that. It was it was super cool. So, well, so I, have to, I have to know how you two, um, Tim and Dan, how you two got linked up to to be working with one another. Well, um, well, Dan's wife, right? Dan's wife, Christine. She she has re- we've worked together. And she has helped me at conventions and given me lots of pointers. She really knows so much about sort of the way things, Matt, the way things, I'm sure you're going to agree with me, Dan, the way things can run smoothly. That is what she is brilliant at. And and, and she just does that naturally. So I remember being at a couple of conventions and she was there and she would just sort of, if she saw something that she'd say, oh, 
why don't you take those T-shirts and put those over there so everybody can see them? And that way, they'll take up less space. On the she just is like a genius <laughs> at production, as well as being extremely talented. She is very, yes, she is well, extremely talented. Well, she also runs the Goblin King Players, which is a theater company. Mm-hmm. And we, we do shadow cast performances. So it's like Rocky Horror, where you have the actors acting it out live in front of the movie. But we do different movies. Well, two years ago, we were supposed to do The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. So she reached out to Tim and said, Tim, come and, come and pretend to be you in front of the movie. And he said, sure, let's do it. He did a promo video for us and everything. And, and we were very excited. And uh, again, COVID just killed yeah. the project entirely. We were thinking, can we postpone? Are we going to be able to rectify you know, this, this movie in the future? And it, it just wasn't to be. So that was to be at the Redford Theater as well. So I reached out to the Redford and said, I have this idea. I want to bring my band in and do a concert. I'm going to reach out to Timmy, see if he'll come and play with us. And uh, Steve said, go for it. We'd love to do it because the Redford is, is just awesome to work with. So then I reached out to Tim and said, you want to come do some Bowie music? And of course, he's been on stage with David Bowie. So that's not, not a lot of pressure on me at all. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but he agreed and, and I'm thrilled. But, but yeah, it's, it's down to Christina is the reason we're able to work together now. That, that genius wife of yours, she's, yes. yep. she is unstoppable. That's the one. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, she, and, and it's, she just has this, um, she just has like a kindness about her that when she sees somebody that she could help, she just gravitates towards it. And when I was first starting to do the conventions and all that stuff that she's, you know, really knows well, she, she would just like, Helped me out a lot. Yeah. So, so I actually met Christina before Dan. Oh, okay. Yep. And and she introduced me to Dan. And so yep. that's what uh, that's where we find ourselves. We were very excited to do the Lost Boys Shadow Cast, but it wasn't to be. Maybe yeah. it'll be another time. Yeah. But I... in the meantime, I am so excited about this. Because, of course, there's so much great saxophone on Bowie stuff. And it's in a style that I love. Real rock, you know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. right to the wall kind of rock, which is the way that I like to play. So I'm I'm very excited about it. The only thing that's frustrating to me is that I've never been to the Motown Museum. And I promised my wife that I'd never go without her. So here I'm going to be there. Oh no! Yeah, because I, I'm, I, we're doing this on Friday, and then I'm gonna play PJs on Saturday, and uh, PJs Logger House, and so it's uh, I feel like oh no, <laughs> it's like a, it's like an an existential uh, dilemma here. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I would never go without her, but I am awful. They talk about temptation. This is the only temptation in my marriage that I've ever had. <laughs> That's excellent. Totally well, understand that. Totally well, get I'm it. that she's not going to be able to come. I was, I was uh, hoping to meet her, but. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be back and, and uh, doing other stuff. And, and, and I love, we love to, I don't know. Do you guys travel sometimes? You and Christina, do you, do you travel sometimes and, and, well, um, work together and drive and sort of make it into a little vacation 
because I'm sort of dying to see Michigan. Uh, well, we have, um, we haven't, we haven't done a lot of that, but um, uh, with the shadow cast, we took Hocus Pocus to Salem and then we spent a week uh-huh. on the Salem. That was a blast. We've done a little bit of that. Most of them, uh, all of my gigs so far have been in Michigan and uh, Northern Ohio. Um, haven't really branched out on the tour yet, but yeah, we're absolutely open to that because that, that would just be a blast because it becomes a working vacation at that point. So it, 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 It's the way I like to kind of try to do it. Unfortunately, she can't make this one, but uh, I always, I, I just think it's the greatest. I finally found, after playing with other people, for so many decades to just hop in my little minivan with my wife yeah. and see the country. And it becomes, it becomes this wonderful little holiday. That's the best way to yeah. do it. Yeah. And Maybe the four of us will end up together somewhere. That'd oh, that'd be great. Now I'm expecting some inside tips on where to go and what to see in Michigan, okay? As a real insider, you guys will help me. Yeah, well, absolutely. Let's yeah. make a list of, of food places and things to see, and yeah. Oh, thank you so much, <laughs> because with, with Tina and working with the other groups, you come in, you got the airport, you got the hotel, you got the gig, you jump on the bus, you take a plane, you go to, and you never, I've been everywhere, and nowhere. Oh man, and yeah. I, I am going to pick both of your brains <laughs> as to what is, you know, just give me like the real insiders, Michigan, if you would. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, well, it, it'll depend on how long you're here, but yeah, we'll absolutely. Yes. I think I can stretch it out a little bit. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. So, in talking about you know traveling and and doing other shows and stuff. Who has been, Dan, you can start. Who has been your favorite artist to work with? To work with? Uh, oh, my God. It depends on the uh, on the project. If it's uh, if, if it's a theatrical project, my wife. Um, she's That's fair. The consummate professional. But I've worked with so many great people, so many great actors and directors and, and scenic designers and all the different things. Um, I, I keep coming back to the Redford because that's kind of our home with, with Christina's group, but it is the best venue to work with. Uh, it's a little frustrating because they're all volunteers and, you know, and, and sometimes communication becomes an issue, but they're, they're just so willing to work with us and listen to, as Tim said, Christina's just brilliance. So it's a great venue to work with. Um, I've gotten to work with some killer musicians uh, here. I lived in New York for a while, played with some great people out there. And there's, there's just too many to name, you know? Uh, and like I said, it, it depends on the, uh, on the venue. When I was in college, I was studying jazz. And so I got to meet like Louis Belson, who is famous jazz drummer from back in the day. Um, Dizzy Gillespie. Wow. Uh, wow. Is a ter- terrifying dude. He, he was <laughs> so much your know, presence and, and a, a lot of great, great jazz players who just you know just wow. kick your ass with their with their ability to play expect you to keep up and i'm like i'm a child i'm just learning you know <laughs> so I've, I've got to meet some great people just through my college experience but uh some of my favorite cats have been uh, local cats right here in flint uh, my bass player and drummer uh, this is my favorite rhythm section that i've had to just work with on a consistent basis they're just dynamite joe and and trevor are just Tim, you're going to dig them. They're funky. All right. I'm, I'm excited. So what about, what about you, Tim? Who's been your favorite artist to work with? Well, 
it, it would could be a little tough. I, just in purely in having a good time, my first gig ever at the age of professional gig at the age of 19 was as Billy Crystal's accompanist, piano player. And so wow. he and I just used to hop in a car and just do club dates. And he would just have me underneath the seat, just writhing in laughter. <laughs> because he was, su- he was such a, like an up dude, like it's so funny. So there was that. And, you know, just in terms of how much fun it was to be, to, you know, people talk about travel and it's a pain in the ass. The, the rides were like, some of the most fun times. And then I would say my first Ringo Starr tour because it was Ringo, but (laughs) it was also Joe Walsh, Todd Rundgren, Dave Edmonds, Timothy B. Schmidt, Burton Burton Cummings, Ringo's son, Zach, who's been with the Who Now for 20 years or something. And all of these people at once. And, you know, in that generation of rock and roll guys. Like, this is sort of uh, pre-sobriety Joe Walsh, who the very first time I met him, we were taking pictures together, and he walked up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder. And when I turned around, he put an enormous jar of mayonnaise (laughs) in, in my arms and said, don't you put that down and and walked away. <laughs> he was just, you know, but it was to make me feel at ease. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It, it sounds like it was, oh, it was a mean thing, but it was really to, just to break the ice, you know? <laughs> right. That's crazy. So is there anybody that you haven't gotten to work with that you really, really would love to do a show with? No, not well. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I would have to say my my two biggest influences are Captain Beefheart, and so he he's passed on. But as a as a kid, it was it was him, and then I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. Okay. So just yeah. to sit down in a room or play some some blues with Tom Waits would be an awesome experience. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. about you, Dan? Uh, I got to echo Tom Waits um, just for the, the, the sheer poetry. Uh, the last couple of days I've had Bone Machine and uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, Black Rider playing on a loop because it's Halloween and it's incredibly depressing and creepy sounding music. And and the poetry, he's just such a great writer, such great turns of phrase, you know. Um, but of course, I, I grew up on the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel. That's how I learned to sing, learned to harmonize. So and any member of the Beatles would have been just a, a treat to just kind of be near and kind of get some of that that good juju from. Yeah. And uh, Simon, you know, Paul Simon. I, oh, what a Dan, if I could just tell you one tiny little story. Yeah about what you're saying, like the Beatles mojo. The first time, like we were setting up all our equipment and I was facing away from Ringo and I was working on some patches and all of a sudden I heard boom, chat, boom, boom, chat, boom, chat, boom. The simplest thing you could imagine. And I spun around and I said, oh my God, that's the Beatles. Like, if the Beatles didn't have Ringo, they would not have been the Beatles. And I was shocked. 
Yeah. I was shocked, you know, because you always think about people like Steve Gadd, Bernard Purdy, all these fantastic. If they had a player like that, that didn't have Ringo's person, this funny little kind of personality that he has to his playing, the Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles. Right. Yeah. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's very true. And a lot of it came from the fact that he was left-handed, but played on a right-handed kit. Right. And so right. He, had to, he had to learn to lead with the left hand. Yeah. You know, it was, it would be backwards to it, you know, to, because I've, I've seen left-handed players, they just turn the kit around. Sure. Like Paul McCartney flipped the base over because he was left-handed. Sure. Um, but, but he played a right-handed kit, but then had to learn these fills in a different way. So it's like turning your brain sideways and playing, you know, and, he, and it yes. forced him to come up with such, such cool stuff. Um, he said in an interview that that's how he came up with um, uh, Come Together, you know, because oh. sure. it runs up the drums and he starts on the left and, and it just turned into this really cool thing that everybody recognizes. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy stuff. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I, lo- I, I love it. I could I could I could just sit and talk to you guys forever and hear your stories truly. But I know, Tim, you've got another interview um, that you've got to get to here shortly. So, and to wrap it up, um, why don't you guys tell, tell us what it is exactly that's happening at the Redford? When is it happening? Um, and how people can purchase some tickets. Okay, Redford Theater, November 19 is uh, the uh, concert of my band, Serious Moonlight, Bowie Tribute, with special guest, the sexy sax man from the Lost Boys himself, Tim Capello. He's going to come and jam with us. All those great sax parts on the Bowie songs. He's just going to make them just sing. Uh, plus, as a special guest and a treat for the audience, we're going to get a little bit of Timmy's own juice at the end of the show where I'm just going to give him the stage for a minute. And he's got some really fun things planned. I don't know if they're surprises, Timmy. I'm trying to keep some mystique about it, but uh, uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. You can get tickets at redfordtheater.com. Um, and it's the Redford Theater in Detroit, Michigan. It's a beautiful place, um, beautiful place for a concert. They'll have concessions. You can get popcorn, popcorn and sexy sex, man. What, what more could you want? I think, yeah, I think that pretty much does it. Now, when when talking about concessions, though, if I remember correctly, Redford Theater concessions are cash only. Is that correct? I I believe so. Yeah. Okay. That, I just yeah. Need to update. You got to get them a square in there. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> just want to yeah. make sure people are aware of that. So, um, so before we say our goodbyes, how can people find you both online? Uh, SeriousMoonlightBowieTribute.com. Okay. That's the best place. And just my Facebook page is where I keep everybody up on everything. So if you just say Tim Capello Facebook and Google that, you'll you'll come up right to it. Perfect. And you'll know everything about where because. Um, I was so lucky to get this gig playing with Dan and his group because I turned it into an anchor for a whole tour. So I'll be all around the Midwest all during November. Oh, perfect. So if, if they can't come to the show, yeah, if they can't come to the Redford, then there should there's other opportunities to see you. Uh, yes. And, and PJ's Lager House, I'll be at the next night. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I am just, I'm just so thrilled that you guys were both able to to hang out for a little bit tonight. I appreciate it so, so much. And I will see you both on November 19th at the Redford theater. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks guys. You have a great night. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more information on today's topic, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Great Lakes Confidential.